into a series of teachings uh, that we're entitling, uh, You Hold the Reins. You Hold the Reins, like someone driving a, uh, uh, a horse and buggy, you know, or a, uh, you're just a single rider on a horse. He's got a bit in the horse's mouth, and he's directing that horse's motion and movements uh, because he holds the reins, right? And uh, so we're finding out in life, uh, contrary to religious tradition and much of what has been presented in mainstream Christianity, that God is in fact not in control of everything that's going on down here on the earth. It ought to be evident to the most casual observer. If God is in control of all the events of the earth, then He's either reckless or neglectful, or there's a side about God that I really don't understand and I'm not sure that I like. If God is in control of everything down here on the earth. But the Bible from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 22, I think that's the last chapter in Revelation, it is revealed unto us that mankind on this place, on this earth, plays a dominant role in what happens. You're hearing James stay there, but you remember in the creation account, right there in the beginning, God said right up front, let us create man or make man in our image. And after our likeness, let us create them and let them what? Let them have dominion. So right there, that ought to be, that settles it from that moment, from the moment of man's creation, we ought to know God's not in charge of everything that happens on the earth. Because God, who is sovereign above, decided sovereignly to put man in charge of planet earth. Amen. And not to re-preach all the ground we've already preached. It's all up on the podcast and website if you want to go back and catch up with us. That Adam, we don't know how long he walked in his dominion. But I think fairly quickly, he was approached by the serpent in the garden, Eve first and then Adam. And Adam, the Bible says, with his eyes wide open disobeyed God. He traded God for a woman. Well, I love women. <laughs> I love my wife. My wife's dear to me. I understand the temptation. I don't know why that's funny. I love, you know, I like the female part of humanity. I know I'm a man. How about that? Society needs to hear that. But I, I, you know, I'm just wanting to say that, that it's, it's clear if you just think about it, Adam was not deceived. Eve fell. She was beguiled. She was deceived. She was tricked of the devil and she fell. And Adam knew she fell. So here my wife has fallen. Things are different for her now. I have not fallen yet, but I'm presented with the very same opportunity to fall. And with his eyes wide open, he ate of that forbidden fruit so that he could enter into a fallen state with his wife. He could not imagine a life without her. That's not my sermon today. But Jesus said when he was on the earth, if you love your wife, your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your husband, your children more than me, you're not worthy of me. And you cannot be my disciple. You need to have love for your Loved ones. But you need to keep God in His rightful place. Adam sold out the entire human race and traded in the blessing, his dominion, life itself, his ability to dominate sickness and disease. He traded all that to enter into a fallen state with his wife. I'm not going to go to hell for any man, any person, any boy, any girl. I'm going to hold and cleave to God before I cleave to my spouse. Thank God I don't have that problem because I married right. I married someone who loves God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind. And so there's no conflict there. Right. Amen. But if you're in a place where you've got to choose between God and your mate, you better choose God every time, hands down, no debate, do it fast. Amen. Who knows what God would have been able to do for Eve had Adam just chosen to run off the devil. We don't know, do we? We don't know. Praise God. But thank God there is redemption. I believe we'll see Adam and Eve in heaven. Amen. I really do. Praise God. And thank God through the blood of Jesus Christ, through His death, burial, and resurrection as our substitute, 
He undid what the devil did in the fall. Not for everybody automatically, but for those who would receive him. For those who would give their lives to him. Amen. Uh, We are redeemed. That means bought back from. God paid a ransom. Humanity was kidnapped by the devil, enslaved by the devil. But Jesus was the ransom payment. He gave his life a ransom for many. That you and I might be redeemed. How many of you are redeemed? Thank God I'm redeemed. So we're learning in this series how to live and operate as a son of God, as a daughter of God, in our redemption, holding the reins of our life. Amen. And uh, uh, let's read James. Uh, you made the effort to get there. Let's, let's read James chapter 4. In verse number 6, it says, But he, God, gives more grace. Wherefore, he said, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to who? Unto the humble. So if you want grace, which is God's unmerited favor, what must you do? You must humble yourself. Amen. That, that, that means you, one, one way you make yourself humble is you say, if anyone's wrong, I'm wrong. Not God. If anyone's the problem, it's not God. Right? It's me. That's humility because that's factual. <laughs> right? That is very factual. Isn't that right? God is not our problem. You know, the devil's got some people so frustrated and hoodwinked, they really think God disappointed them, didn't answer their prayer, failed them, came, right? Or even caused something to happen. Right, Right, negative in somebody's life. It's not true. So we must humble ourselves and uh, before God so that we get the grace. Now notice verse 7. Submit yourselves. Who's going to do this act? We are. We are to submit ourselves, therefore, to God. Then having done that, what does he say? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. One translation says, as if in terror. As if in terror. Wouldn't it be fun to terrorize the devil? How do you do that? Humble yourself before God and submit yourself to God. After having done that, turn and resist Him. And He will flee from you as if in terror. Is that the Bible? That's the Bible. That's the Bible. The God's Word translation, I like it. It says... Submit yourself. No, it says place yourself under God's authority. Place yourself under God's authority. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So we're talking about the authority of the believer. We have been given. We're authorized dealers of God's power and might. You know, uh, what, what is the advantage of going to an authorized dealer? Maybe like a car dealership. You you take your car there. Even though you know you may pay more. You go to the authorized dealer because why? You might get a warranty. You're going to get the the expectation. My expectation would be, I'm going to get, you know, I drive. Don't don't call me out for it. I like it. I like my Ford products. Amen. And uh, praise God. Nothing wrong with that. You know, Jesus drove a Chevy though. You know, the Bible says Jesus drove, drove a ship. It says he walked everywhere he went. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. So anyway, but when I take my vehicle to the Ford, my expectation is I'm going to get Ford made factory parts, not some imitation part. I'm going to get a Ford part for my car. Then I'm going to get Ford trained technicians to work. They were trained to work on the Ford product. They're an authorized dealer in the Ford name. We are authorized dealers for the kingdom of God. So when we interact with people outside the kingdom, they have a right to have an expectation that they're going to encounter a real Christian who walks in real love, in real power, and who can get results for them. We ought to be able to get results for people who ask. Amen. 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 Praise God to the best of our ability. Hallelujah. Because we're an authorized dealer. 
of God's might, power, and authority. We've got to learn how to use that. A couple of quotes here I wanted to get in today. Dr. Lester Summerall, he said, Every man, every human, will either know dominion or slavery. They must choose. If you don't choose dominion and, and embrace dominion and embrace the authority that you've been given and walk in it, you will know only slavery. You'll be a slave to circumstances. You'll be a slave to the enemy, even though you're redeemed out of his hand. Because he doesn't limit himself to legality. He will thieve from you if he can. Now, the, the unsaved world, you know what? He is their father. Jesus said to those unsaved Pharisees, you are of your father the devil and his works you'll do. And Ephesians tells us explicitly that we were once children of the devil, children of wrath. But see, that's why we've been born again, born into a new family. But see, the unsaved world, Satan owns them. And to the degree that they'll yield to him, really their stuff is his stuff. Their thing. He, can, he can work in that. But not, he shouldn't be doing that with us. But he will try to, even though he doesn't have a right to, if you don't know that he doesn't have a right to, if you don't know that if you'll resist him, that he'll actually flee from you in terror, he'll just hoodwink you and think he's just as victorious and powerful as he was over you before you got saved. Amen. So we've got to learn every man, Dr. Summerall said, will either know dominion or slavery, and you've got to pick which one you're going to walk in. I like this. I was reading after him yesterday. He said, victories won by someone else are easily lost by us later. So thank God for the victories your pastor gets for you or your favorite prayer partner gets for you or the victory you get at a ministry conference or meeting or crusade, but those victories are easily lost by you later if you don't know how to keep what you get. Amen. You want to learn how to obtain victory for yourself, how to walk in victory yourself, because then you're not likely, you're not likely to lose the ground you gain. Y'all going to help me preach this? Praise the Lord. Here's a, here's a quote from your humble host here this morning. Your authority in Christ never grows. You know, the more we learn about this subject, our authority doesn't increase. It doesn't. It is what it is. <laughs> right? But our understanding of it and our faith in it must grow. Your authority never grows, but your understanding of your authority and your faith in it must grow. It must develop if you're going to be the one God wants you to be in reality and live a victorious life. Are you interested in that? Amen. One more quote, I think, from Dr. Summerall. He said, only God sets the limits of those in divine relationship with him. We are unlimited if we can think right and believe right in our hearts. I like this. Everything heaven has is open to anyone who meets God's requirements. Everything heaven has is open to the one who meets God's requirements. But we must go after it. Blessing and power will not be handed to us. It's like Sister Joy that took that book. She didn't wait. She wanted it. She, lay, she laid hold of it, right? The blessings of God, Brother Hagin used to say it this way, are not going to fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. You must learn how to lay hold. Don't you wish you spoke Greek? Yeah. I, I really do. I wish I understood Greek, you know, as the, it was written in the Bible day. You know, take Mark eleven twenty four. That verse says, of course, whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it and you shall have it. Wonderful. Amen. What could you do with that one verse? Whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it, you shall have it. Well, we in our English, the English word that the word receive there is to me can be perceived as a passive action. Right? 
So I use the illustration of football, American football. And uh, we have receivers on the offensive side of the ball, right? And so they run a route, and if they're open, the quarterback will toss them the ball, right? And if the ball's rightly thrown, they just hold their hands out and receive it. And we think that the blessing, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe it falls into your lap and you shall have it. That is not the Greek word there. The Greek word there is the Greek word lumbano. And I mean, it is an aggressive word. It is kind of a violent word. So if we want to stay with the football analogy, uh, the receiving that Jesus mentioned when he used the word lumbano is not like a receiver catching a ball. But have you ever seen a fumble? You ever seen football as a fumble? What happens when there's a fumble? What's the reaction of every player on both sides, Malachi? It is a dog pile, free for all, fight to receive the ball. Lombano means to take it. It means to seize it. It means to lay hold of it. So with that understanding, Mark eleven twenty four ought to mean more to you. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray and ask God for it, believe that you take it. Believe that you seize it. Believe that you lay hold of it. Believe that it is yours now, aggressively. You do that and you shall have it. So you've got to get more aggressive with your blessing. You understand that? Well, that's really not my... I'm kind of a docile person. Well, you better get over your good self when it comes to spiritual things. Because God has set a table for us in the presence of our enemies. But He's not going to serve your plate for you. How does in, a, in the animal kingdom, in every litter, there's usually a runt? There's usually a runt of the litter. How does that one little, let's say that kitten, how does that kitten, one of, let's say, 11, uh, how does that kitten become the runt of the litter? It's the least aggressive in getting its share of mama's milk. Maybe it was born weaker. Maybe it was born a little smaller. And so, but notice the, the mindset of all that other, the other little brothers and sisters in the litter is I'm getting mine. I'm getting mine. I'm getting mine. And when the other one is squeezed out and gets the last or the leftover or the little bit, think about the, over time, they are underdeveloped. And there's a lot of Christians who are the runt of the litter in their churches. And they shouldn't be. It's their fault. They need to be, I'm not mad at you, I'm just telling you, get more aggressive. Come to church, say, I'm getting mine, praise God. I am going to get mine. I'm going to get my word. I'm going to get my answer. You need to come before the word of God. Take the word of God, the promise of God before the throne of God and lay hold. You're not going to make God mad. You're not going to make God nervous. He likes it. He's okay with it. Since Jesus came, the kingdom of heaven is open for business. But you've got to want it. You've got to go after it. You've got to lay hold of it. Hallelujah. And listen, the reason most Christians are not is they don't know that they can. They don't know that they should. Because they've got this mindset of if God wants me to have it, I'll have it. God wants me to get that job, I'll get it. God wants to heal me, He knows how to do it. No, you've got to listen. You've got to lay hold. You've got to go grab it. You've got to go say, those are my mashed potatoes. And you're going to have to go get your own pile of mashed potatoes because these are mine. <laughs> Come on. Hallelujah. What, what did Paul say? Fight. But if that runt of the litter, that little kitten says, you know, guys, could I? Would it be okay? Would anyone let me go? Mm -mm. No, 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 no. You got to press. You think about the woman with the issue of blood. She was one of many in a crowd, but one got what they needed. Look at her mindset. This is it. I am done with this 12. I am done. I know I'm going to risk it. I know I'm going to violate the law. 
by going out with this disease and mingling among people. But I am going, and I'm going to lay hold of that man's garment. I will not be denied, I will not be stopped. For when I lay hold of the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And she had to press. She didn't say, excuse me, would you mind? I, could I talk to Jesus? Would you share? No! She came, I don't know, I could picture this lady crawling, using her elbows, get out of my way. And this is the woman who got that day what no other's got. She unlocked the flow of God's power out of what was on Jesus all the time. One got it because she had an aggressive, laying hold, today's my day kind of faith. You got to kind of be like Zacchaeus. You got to get up in the tray and you don't care what the crowd is doing, who, what Jesus is doing. You got to want it so bad. You got to say, Son of David, have mercy on me. Hey, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son, and they said, Shut up. Be quiet. He just kept getting louder. Son of David, have mercy on Jesus. Finally went. That guy wants it. What would you have me to do for you? that I might receive my sight. When the Lord stopped and the Lord called him, the Bible says he cast off his garment. That is a garment that designated him as an authorized blind person to beg. You had to have a license in that day to beg. And he threw that off. I don't need that anymore. The master stopped. Praise God. Today's my day. Jesus said, what do you want me to do? I want to see today. Amen. Be it unto you, Jesus said, according to your faith. And he went away seeing. Do you get this? Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Lay hold. Yeah. Grab hold. Yeah. You're authorized. Yeah. It's your move. Yeah. It's your turn. Yeah. It's your part. Yeah. It's your part. It's your part. Over and over and over again, we see people extracting what they wanted and needed out of Jesus aggressively. Aggressively. Yeah. Very few people, very few people did the Lord approach who were passive. Now He did at times. Only when he was led by the Holy Ghost to do so. Like the man at the pool of Siloam. He was led by the Spirit to, to that. And I don't mean this in a derogatory sense, but in that pathetic state. Right? Lay in there. And then his question is, do you want to be well? Do you really want to be well? So Jesus did seek out a few uh, and, and got a few people delivered and healed like that. But the most of the individuals we read about, they came, they pressed. Think about the Syrophoenician woman. She's, not, she's a pagan. She's not a Jew. She comes from a community of devil worshipers. Her daughter is full of the devil. That's why she's there. And Jesus ignores her, calls her a little puppy. But in the Greek, it's a little dog, puppy. He denied her. You don't, have a, you don't have a covenant with me? He, he, and, and she, but she just, she just kept after it. And, and whatever he put, he just either, she just either ignored what he said. Right? Or she responded. She just kept going. Until finally he said, look, it's not right to give the children's bread to dogs, to little puppies outside of the covenant. And she said out of her heart, that may be. But all I'm asking for is the crumbs that fall off their table. Because the crumbs that fall off of a covenant man's table is enough to get my daughter delivered. Jesus was like, oh, that man, daughter, your faith. See, she got it. She got it. Jairus didn't get her daughter healed and raised from the dead because he was passive. That was a daddy on a mission. He walked for days to get to him. Had no appointment. <laughs> right? He went by faith. Because he heard of one that had the ability. None of this is in my notes, but I hope you're getting it. Praise God. If you want the blessings of God that belong to you in the Word, you're going to have to get more aggressive about it. And God is not upset with this. Why? He's authorized you. He's authorized you. He authorized you. My children don't ask me permission to get in the cupboard. Don't ask me permission to take, take advantage of the privileges of the household. It would grieve me if they did. My house is open to my children. Are you with me? 
Hallelujah. Dr. Summerall said, we are victims of our own limitations. We are victims. We've become victims of our own limitations. Wholeheartedly believing you can do something is half the battle from Dr. Summerall. Isn't that good? You've got to believe that with God's help, you could be a non-smoker. That you can be fit physically. That you could be sound in your mind. That you could affect the world. That you could fulfill your dream. You've got to believe you can do it. You do it. You're going to believe that you can do it. That's half the battle. With God's help. You can climb the highest mountain, forge the deepest valley. Come on. And it's, it's, in, it's, in, us as a, it's in us as a people. See, it's like the dog. You know the dog? I think it was me, Brother Russell, or somebody and I were talking about this. It's so evident God created the dog just to be man's friend. It's just like what they were created to be. It's just go, you know, just, just, that's what they live for. That's what my dogs live for. I don't know what they're doing. They're probably sitting, trying to stay cool, waiting for their next opportunity to chase us around and be with us. That's just what, the, that's what their existence is all about. And they will steal, kill, and destroy to get to where we are. No fence, no door, no nothing going to stop them. Well, you see, there's something in human beings to dream big dreams, and to conquer things. Why is Mount Everest got 300 corpses on it? Because there's something in a human being that wants to conquer. I was on NASA's website. I invite you to go. They have a great website. And uh, they're really pushing to put a woman and a man on the moon by 2024. And then to go there every year after that, dropping more and more and more equipment. They're going to extract ice. They've, they've got ice, water and ice form under the surface. They're going to extract that for air for breathing. Yeah. They're going to turn uh, the, the hydrogen that's left over in that equation and convert it into rocket fuel. And, and they're, they're, they're working on a mission to get to Mars. Who cares? How come? Because there's just something in the human being that wants to conquer, that wants to explore, that wants to broaden their horizon. Listen, this is just a human quality that we must never lose. We must never lose it. Amen? Praise God. Don't put all your faith in government. Don't put your faith in programs. Don't put your faith in education. Listen, how much more should this this be in believers who are going to live forever, who have an all-conquering King. We are more than conquerors, the Bible says. Come on, that we ought, to in, we ought to want to dominate for good every circumstance around us. Come on, that, that, that where we bloom where we are planted and the fragrance of God's aroma is on us at work everywhere we go, whatever we do. And that we're dreaming dreams and we're going after things and God is helping us and things are getting brighter and things are getting done and things are... Come on! Yeah. Hallelujah! you got to break out of the rat race of paying bills and living for Friday and maybe to get to go fishing once or twice a month. Come on, life is bigger! God's got a plan for your life. Amen. Monday's coming tomorrow and some of you dread it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I get up every day. I've got something to do. Hallelujah. Praise God that I want to do for God. Woo. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're an authorized. Say, I'm authorized to live in victory. I'm authorized to pursue dreams. I'm authorized to push the border. I'm authorized to seize the blessings that belong to me. And I'm going to do it in Jesus' name. Come on, hallelujah. Well, we were talking last week about things that we have authority over or endeavoring to answer the question, authority over what? And let's close today by just adding a little bit more to that. We have seen uh, from the Great Commission accounts in Mark and in Matthew that we're authorized, come on, as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, to carry out the ministry of reconciliation in the earth. Yeah. He is the, body, the head, but we are the body. And the reason that 
what the head desires seems to be so limited in the earth is because his body has failed to cooperate. But we are authorized as his body to proclaim the gospel, to be witnesses in the earth, and to have all those confirming signs back us up as we preach the good news to others. Come on, right? We're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Like I said Wednesday night, none of us would be ashamed if we got news that our company was hiring to tell everybody we knew that was looking for a job. Hey, my company's hiring, my company's hiring, my company's expanding, right? That's good news. Well, we ought to, we've got better news than that to share with other people. That they don't have to live as a slave of the devil. They don't have to live hooked up to the matrix. That Jesus is the way. That He is the truth and the life. And He's already done everything that needs to be done. That your slate could be completely wiped clean. That you could be born again, become a child of God and live in the blessings of God. Come on, that's the best news ever, right? We ought to be out telling it. We ought to not have a purple seed available. Right? It's because we're not witnessing. We're not doing what we're authorized to do enough. Me included. Amen? We need to step it up. Number two, we've seen that uh, we have authority over the devil... Demons, every evil power, and I want to make sure I add this phrase, and over all His works. Not just Him, over all His works. Sickness is a work of the devil. It came in with... Sickness and disease was inaugurated as a reality in planet Earth when He took over. That's right. So is poverty oppression, anxiety, depression. These are all works of the devil. And we have today, from the moment you were born again, total and complete authority and dominion over all of the devil, all evil forces. Come on, all of that. You've got to know that. And you see, you've got to increase in your understanding about that and your faith in that. Your faith that in the name of Jesus... Right? Higher than other names. That when we use the name of Jesus, things happen. We talked to you about whatsoever you shall bind. Meaning, I I read some more this week, that the rabbinical, uh, you know, all those uh, rabbis, those studied rabbis, they understood that word bind to mean what I forbid is forbidden. What I refuse to allow is refused to be allowed. That's what they understood when Jesus said that. And Jesus was taking what rabbis understood under the Old Covenant and extended that into the New Covenant to the apostles and to all of us. Hallelujah. So whatsoever you permit on the earth shall be permitted in heaven. Now I saw this this week in a way I hadn't seen it before. The word heaven, in that English word heaven, it, it, we automatically think about God's place. But the word heaven, the same word heaven, it can mean God's place, but it also is translated and should be thought of many times when you read the word heaven as the heavenly realm or the spirit realm. And that's the best application of that word heaven in this verse. Matthew 18, 18. Whatsoever you forbid on the earth is forbidden in the spirit realm. Meaning those forces that wanted to do that can't and won't because you forbade it. See, we in the natural realm are in control of what's going on in the spirit realm. That unseen realm. Our words are permitting or binding, forbidding that spirit realm. There's angels in that realm, right? There's God's good, the holy, all that, but then there's the... There's the dark side of the force to contend with, right? And it's primarily our words that are binding or loosing, permitting the spirit realm to do what it does against our life. And people don't know it. They don't know it because we're so carnal, we're so natural, we're not, we can't see that realm, but that doesn't mean it's not real. It's very real, right? And it's paying attention to everything you do, Everything you say. Everything you say. Everything you say. 
Okay. <laughs> I don't have time to preach that to you. Okay, I also wanted to uh, remind you that we have authority over things. Things. And I do mean inanimate objects. Jesus spoke to trees. And those trees did, that tree did what He told it to do. Jesus turned around and said, you could speak to a mountain. Now He means things in life, problems. Right? And that, that mountain will do what you say. Jesus spoke to wind. He spoke to waves. Hello? He spoke to things, and those things did what He said. We can do the same thing in His name. Right? So this dominion, you begin to I, I'm beginning to dominate all my circumstances around me. There's so much more I say this, but time's already past 12 here, and I want to let you go eat. But uh, I want to I say a few things about another area, and that is, does our dominion extend to human beings? How does it extend to human beings? You know, in Jesus' name, now again, when I'm submitted to God's authority, I resist the devil. Does he have a choice about it? That devil and everyone under him, every dark power, they have to do what I tell them. They have to. They have to. That authority in Jesus' name, how does that relate to people? How does that re- people are thinking... How can I work this on my boss? How, 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 does this, how does this work against my lazy do-nothing husband? No, no, this has come up. I, I got a message this year. Precious. Not making fun. And, and they were wanting me to agree with them that God would fundamentally change the behavior and character of their husband. And I responded back just in teaching and said, sweetie, we can't do that. Our authority doesn't... Ex- Listen, our authority in Jesus' name does not extend to human will. Right. Come on. Right? Our, God does not use His power right. to manipulate a human will. Listen, if, if our authority extended to the human will, I would make all of you come to church on Wednesday night. And I would make all of you pay your tithes. Thank you, Deacon Philip. I would make all of you keep your pants on until you got married. In the name of Jesus. If I could, I would have already done it. But my authority in Jesus' name does not extend to making a person do something they don't want to do. God doesn't do that. We're certainly, we shouldn't even try that. But there are some interesting things. If you're interested in giving me another couple minutes here to, to share with you about this. Um, I, and I don't mean in an oppressive sense. You know, when people hear the word dominion, because so much of what we see out there is negative. Negative dominion. I'm not talking about that. But I have found that I can... I haven't always used it like I should, but I have learned that I can dominate a situation in Jesus' name when people are in my presence. Because if you're in my presence, you're affecting me. So, uh, people ought not to be able to be in your presence very long and be depressed, be fearful. Be negative. Be full of doubt. Now, again, here's what you must understand. Our authority does not extend to human will, but it does extend to the spirit that is, that is causing that person to act the way they're acting. We can do- I can't dominate that person, but I can dominate the spirit that is working through them when they're in my presence. Now, I have seen in my own church, pastoring, now we have a smaller group, don't try to figure out who I'm talking about, but I have seen over the years, wives that are spiritual, they have used their authority, not screaming at their husband nagging, but I mean quietly in prayer, using their authority, and they have calmed an angry husband. 
They have mitigated, right? A husband that wanted to argue and fuss and fight and be, be wrong because their wives in the background were taking authority over that spirit that was causing that husband to act that way. They haven't been able to do everything because there's a human will there. I, I could name off, I'm not going to, but I can name off wives that have been skillful in the spirit in this church and have dominated a spirit that was working through their husband in their home to a degree. And they could do it in Jesus' name. Husbands, you could, right? If you got a wife that's acting a fool and yielding to the devil, you can't make that wife change. You can't say, in the name of Jesus, I command my husband to be sweet. You just can't do that. Because if they want to be a turkey, they're going to be a turkey, and God will let them be a turkey. Right? Do you get what I'm saying? But when human beings are yielded to spirits, and they're in my presence, right? And that, that spirit wants to manifest. No, I can dominate that. Under, I can dominate that. Here's another thing I've learned. Y'all okay? You seem interested. Is this okay? Praise God. Good. Uh, this, this applies not only in the home, uh, but this applies, I've found, in my pastoral mantle. Any person that has connected themselves with this ministry and is in at least to the, to the God is so gracious, I mean, even the most loose connection with our ministry and me as a pastor. I mean, if they're in good standing on the membership role, I can get things to them. I can get things for them and to them through that pastoral mantle, through that connection. But I've had people break from that connection and tried to do something for them, and now I can't. I can't get that same result in prayer. I was thinking about a, 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 a young couple, and, they, and I'm not saying anything bad about the young couple. They, they left the church. The next day, the, uh, the husband broke his back. Now, I already wrote my notes what to tell you when I made that statement. I am not saying that he broke his back because he left my church. I'm not saying it's not. But I'm not saying, I don't know. All I know is they broke fellowship with the church. The next day he broke his back. The wife messages me electronically and says, will you pray for my husband? I was so mad in my flesh. <laughs> Right? You left me, but you still want me to, you want the spiritual cookies. You want me to pray for you. I, and love, what would love do? I knew immediately, love is going to, God's love is going to say, yeah, that's exactly right. You're going to pray for him, be good for you. It was good for my flesh. So I did, I, I did what I could, but I could not get the same pop of anointing to flow for them. Because authority, right? Authority flows through connections. Authority flows through connections. You, if you break free from my, you better know where you're going. You better unplug and plug. Because you're uncovered. It's not about me, it's about that pastoral office. You remember Paul in 1 Corinthians 5? He was judging. He was using spiritual authority against that man in, in the church at Corinth that was uh, having illicit sex with someone he was not married to. Ever the church knew about it, he judged him. And he said, you've got to get this man out of the church because I'm turning him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. That his spirit might be saved. And I'm, we're going to try to arrest him. We're going to turn him over to the devil so that the devil, because when you get turned over to the devil, the devil's going to put the worst thing he's got on you. And you know that worked. But here's my point. The devil couldn't touch him as long as he was in good standing with the church at Corinth because of that anointing that comes to a believer who is connected to a local church. Hey, we're having new members class coming up. I don't know what that date is, but if you need to connect, amen. Now again, if you come here, we call you family. Yeah. So thank you very much. But I'm just saying, this is something I've learned through experience. I'm talking about authority extending to people. I have authority in that pastoral realm. 
Not because I'm special, but because the Lord gave it to me. And I can get some things done. It's like, uh, I think it was John Philpott was saying, you know, uh, we ought to just be rejoicing because nobody dies around here. Have you noticed that, Pastor? Nobody ever dies around here. When was the last time you did a funeral? I said, I don't know. I can't remember. You're right. Nobody dies around here. We just keep on living. Isn't that right, Brother Bill? We just keep on living. Well, see, there's a blessing. Because we don't pray things in our prayer ministry like, Lord, be with. There's no power in that prayer. We, fa- we, we declare things like, Father, I thank you that everyone connected with this ministry, Chris Cody Ministries, they are kept by the power of God today in every arena. They're kept in their spirit, their soul, their mind, their body, their finances, their marriages. We surround them with faith and love. In the name of Jesus, the angels are bearing them up in their hands, lest at any time they would scuff their shoe on a stone. Praise God. We call them, that's how we pray. And God honors it. God blesses people. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, Really, uh, you can dominate sickness and disease in the body of another person when they're in your presence. I know these things are kind of like, is this real, right? Is this real? But it is. Right? Told you about the pastor that spent time with Brother Hagin for several weeks. He started to take his insulin shot. Brother Hagin says, what are you doing? He goes, well, i got to register my sugar. I gotta... He goes, you won't, have a, you won't have any sugar issue when you're with me. And sure enough, for over three weeks, he ate cake. He ate pie. He ate all that kind. Of, he never had one issue with insulin. Never one issue with sugar. Brother Hagin dominated diabetes when that man was in his presence. I just read that account again uh, yesterday. And he said, but when that pastor, when I left and that pastor got away from me, three days later, he's right back to the diabetes. He said it took that pastor five years to get a clue that he could do that too in his own life. But he did. It took him five years. And he ran that diabetes off. Number one, you need to learn how to dominate disease in your own body. But mamas, you don't have to put up with sickness in your babies. It's a work of the devil. And you have a dominion and authority over it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, no, you can't make your boss give you a raise. But when you come in there, if there are evil spirits of manipulation and corruption and different spirits trying to operate in that business, you ought to be able to go in there. So A lot of people, they're so wimpy, they quit those jobs. I don't want to be around that. Well, you're supposed to be a light in a dark place, dude. Well, they cussed around me. I don't like that. Get over yourself. Are you that insecure in your spiritual roots that you can't hear? A, they're a sinner. That's how they talk. Get over it. Jesus wasn't bothered by that kind of thing. I remember uh, I wasn't in the meeting. I think pa- uh, Pastor Amber was in that meeting as a young girl. Raymond Pastor was having a service and and a, a young lady who was not a believer, she was kind of a skeptic of Holy Ghost kind of things. She came to the front to kind of prove that that fallen under the powers all, all junk. And when she got up there, uh, the pastor did, wasn't even able to touch her. He kind of went out like that. And she went, oh, S-H-I, in the congregation real loud as she fell under the power of God. You think God minded that at all? Of course not. Should you talk like that? Of course not. But you should have quit it. Well, there's a sinner at work. Yes, you're strategically placed in the name of Jesus. Buck up and you could go and as you pray, as you go to work. Now, I take authority in the name of Jesus over that spirit. It's trying to work in my place of employment. This place is blessed because I'm here. And in the name of Jesus, I bind your operation. Does that make sense? So there are some things we need to explore about our authority in this realm. No, our authority does not extend to human will. If that were true, I'd make you all get saved today. We'd all go in the millennium tomorrow. See, God doesn't operate that way. But we can pray for people. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman makes, does it make it work? No, but it makes great power available. 
We can just saturate and surround that person with such power that it's so much easier for them to yield to the plan of God than yielding to the forces that are trying to keep them bound. We need to begin to use that authority. I was reading an account uh, this morning about a pastor who was uh, not preaching that particular day and was invited to go to a denominational church with a friend because the pastor was a de- in a denominational church was going to speak about speaking with tongues. And that got everybody interested. What is he going to say in this denominational church about speaking with tongues? And so this spirit-filled pastor went with this friend to this meeting. And the man got up. He never used any scripture. But he just got up and started railing on speaking with tongues. And the spirit-filled pastor, he didn't get up and protest. He didn't get up and protest. But just very quietly, he goes, In Jesus' name, I take authority over this situation. This man is opposing the truth. And in the name of Jesus, I command it to end. He said when he got done with that prayer, the other, his host, the guy that invited him, heard him whisper this prayer under his breath. He said immediately the pastor turned silent, went pale, closed his Bible and went and sat down and shut the service down. God arrested him. He got up and apologized the next service saying, I'm so thankful. God, it seems, arrested me. I ought to not talk about things I don't know much about. See, there was a, he didn't get up in protest, but he, took, he, he used his dominion over someone who was ignorantly opposing the truth and he dominated that whole moment. Reverend Kamal, I, I see you here. I, I think this is an answer to uh, the city situation that's been coming up. If people don't know, there's been commission meetings about Pride Celebration Day and gay ordinances and things like that. And, and uh, people won't want me to maybe attend. And I just didn't have it in my heart to attend. I don't, I'm not even a resident of the city of Paducah. What do they care? What I say? You know what I mean? Sure. But we've been protesting and holding up signs and, and, and we should. I mean, I'm not saying let our voices be silent. But see, I think there's an answer here, Reverend Kamal. There's a spirit behind wanting to turn our communities gay and queer and perverse in our thinking. And right here today, we've got authority. See, if we would just begin to use our dominion, we forbid that homosexual spirit from taking over our city councils, our mayor's offices, our school boards. We buy, let's just do it. Let's all stand up as we close. How about that? We've got dominion. Let's use it. That's what heaven's been waiting on. Hallelujah. Reverend Kamal, you come up here. Maybe the Lord will give you something to pray along with what I'm going to pray. Hallelujah. And I don't know what's already been decided or met. or I don't care. Praise God. You, if you don't have nothing, that's fine. But maybe you do. Let's all uh, pray as we get ready. to. Father, we thank you. We're authorized. We're authorized. We live down here. We live in this city and we don't want it taken over by the devil that wants to propagate and put precious people in bondage to this sin. We're not against people. We love everybody in every lifestyle. But we hate that sin that would be an abomination to God, a curse to our city, and a curse to those precious people. Right now as a church family, as a congregation, in the name of Jesus, we address this uh, ploy, this agenda that is coming through the city council coming through the city offices, the county offices, whatever that may be. And right now, in the name of Jesus, we exercise our dominion against that spirit of homosexuality and perversion. We say you cease and desist in all of your operations against our city, against our mayor, against our city council, uh, against all of our uh, local governments and their mindsets in the name of Jesus. We forbid you from going any further. We command you to retreat and to stop it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We declare that no weapon formed against this community, formed against the body of Christ in this region, shall ever prosper. And Lord, we loose the mighty power of God 
to every decision maker, to our mayor, to our city councilman, to the leaders of McCracken County and surrounding counties, we thank you for giving them skillful and godly wisdom. Give them the grace to know what the right thing is. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You know, the, the pride walk they're doing, it's on August 24. But right after the pride walk, August 25th, I'm preaching a revival under John Purry Bridge. Yeah. Right after that. And uh, this, Thank is, you, Father. Uh, this is the best way to demonstrate the light of God. Yeah. Uh, and we're expecting more than 500 people to come every night. Thank There's you, a community of 13,000 people who live there. And uh, one thing I ask you to do for next few days, uh, you know how to pray. Most of you, how do, uh, you know how to pray. And let's pray according to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, the Bible says that God has rescued us mm -hmm. from the dominion of darkness. Yeah, that's right, verse 14. And into his kingdom. Yeah. And uh, I, I challenge you and I encourage you to pray that we can exercise our authority yeah. according to the scripture for McCracken County, for that community that uh, we, can, we can rescue them uh, with the word of God, with Thank our you, prayers, with our faith. That he, God is going to rescue this community, this darkness, to come into the light of Jesus Christ. Yes, Father. Come into the light of Jesus Christ. Yes, Father, Father, as my pastor prayed, and I'm just agreeing with your word, that, oh God, there's going to be a demonstration yes, of Father. the Holy Spirit. Yes, There'll be Father. a demonstration of thy uh -huh. light. Glory Father, because God. you said the darkness has never overpowered the light of God. And Father, we have the kingdom of God Thank living you, inside Father. of us. And I'm asking everybody, step forward right yes, now. Father, Demonstrate practically that you have the kingdom of God. And you step Glory forward to, God. to take dominion wherever you go. Most of you live in south side of Paducah. And take authority in Jesus' name. Take authority in Jesus' name. Over every stronghold, over every foul spirit. Over that religious spirit to be broken in Jesus' name. And we thank you, God. Your kingdom is going with us. And we thank you for hearing our prayers. Like that lady in Texas, when she prayed, Father, there are no uh, bars opened in that area. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Together, Father, let the love of God spread. Let the message of salvation spread. God, we pray that you would open up a door for the Word of God to go forth into new places, into, new, into the hearing of new ears that have never heard the full gospel before. We pray over this revival. We thank you, Father, for working and drawing many, many, many who are unsaved, Father God, to this event. We just so thank you, Father, for an outpouring of your Spirit in our city. That God, that it would take uh, even uh, national attention would be brought to you and to your name through what you do right here in our city. And God, we just so thank you for what you're unveiling to us, what you're showing us. That Father, in the smallest of things to these big things in our community, we begin a new phase today. We're entering into a new phase of exercising dominion over what happens in our city not by pounding our fist or, and calling people names, but by just simply exercising authority over the devil. We thank You, Father God, that the devil is bound. We thank You that Your power is working to influence people to do the right thing. And we so thank You for it. God, I believe we're going to re receive many, many testimonies of men and women right here in this church. Their families will change. Their neighborhoods will change. Their schools will change. Everywhere they go regularly will change. And we do it all in your name and for your glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
You see, that's important. It's 1225, I know. But we don't have church to get out at a specific time. We go to church to get a job done. And I just believe this was a significant moment. A significant moment. And that doesn't mean we've prayed everything that needs to pray. But we can just hold these things before the Lord. But I encourage you, your homework assignment this week is to go explore your authority. Amen. Wherever you see the little, you know, like the little gophers in Kansas that prop up, you know, and that my dad liked to shoot them with the 22, right? When the little devil pokes his head out at you this week, use your authority over that in the name of it. It could be a headache, a pain, an evil, whatever it may be. And don't make a show of yourself, right? But just be truly spiritual and use the name of Jesus for your good and His glory. And let's see, let's record and see what happens. Amen. Amen. Well, last word here. If you're not a member of the church and you want to be, or you'd like to know more, don't forget, there's a blue card in the seat back in front of you. Just fill it out. We're going to have lunch coming up. When is that date? August? August the 11th, right after church. And it's just a time for people to, it's the process to join, but it's also an exploratory time for people to come and ask questions. And you could fill that out. Uh, Brett, wave your hand. He's going to be here for a few minutes. You could get that card to him. We'll get you registered. Amen. Hey, listen, have a blessed day. Have a great day, a safe day, a powerful day. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.